All right, everybody. I've been off for a couple of weeks. It's wintertime. I'll tell you why in a few minutes what happened. It's a lot of drama. I couldn't sit in this chair and record at all for more than a few minutes. And quite honestly, I just wasn't ready to talk about what had happened. But I guess I could talk about it now. Because I'm not really sure what happened. And it's a trucking-related thing. So that being said, let's get on with the show and I'll tell you what happened. And then I'll try to catch up. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes. You've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road. Okay. With Kingfish. Middle of last month. I don't remember what right the day here. was. Somewhere around the 15th. I was going from... I don't remember where I was going, but I was going across Kansas to Denver, Maryland. I think we're coming from Maryland or Virginia or something like that. Anyway, I don't remember. And and you ask any driver where they've been, they always forget. Ask them where they're going, and they'll always remember. Because what we've been to is in our past, and where we're going is the only thing we really care about. So here's what happened. Uh, We switched out. I don't remember what the town was. <laughs> it tells you how much to pay attention. So anyway, we found this little tiny truck stop. I was on US 36. I think it was US 36. And I found this tiny little truck stop. And I pulled in there. And it was pretty windy, but it wasn't so windy that it was a problem. Yeah, this was in Kansas when we had those high winds. And we switched out. I was done for the day. I'd been fighting the wind all day, but it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't anything that I was concerned about. I wasn't getting knocked out of my lane or anything. And really wasn't you know it was a struggle but it wasn't something that i thought was going to be an issue unless it got really bad you know but that's just you know and it did so here's what happened about an hour 45 minutes or so after we switched out i'm not even entirely sure because i was in the bunk so here's the key i was in the bunk asleep so a lot of the things i'm going to say are speculation so, so i'm not entirely sure what happened but all I know is that I was laying in the bunk, going across 36 in Kansas, Seneca, Kansas. I think it's pronounced Seneca. Anyway, we're a very nice town, very lovely people. They were, helped us out a lot. And some kind of, we are on the edge of something apparently. And out of nowhere, the truck just got thrown through the air. And, you know, like, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 feet through the air. And came crashing down on its side. Yeah, that's what happened. Now, keep in mind, ooh, let me get a glass of water. Hold on a second. All right, I'm going to take a break here. All right, I need a break of water. So anyway, what happened was, like I said, the truck got thrown, I don't know, 40, 50 feet. Now, I've been in a lot of wrecks. Nothing where I was driving, just I was always in a sleeper for whatever reason. Uh, and most of the time, it's stuff that if I was driving, it probably would have happened to me too. And in this case, if I was driving, it probably would have happened to me too. There's nothing my co-driver could have done, little Tom. So what happened was, 
Maybe we should call him Tom Thumb. Anyway, Tom was driving. And he's fighting the wind, just like I was. And like I said, the truck just was picked up and thrown. 53-foot trailer. Freightliner, Cascadia conventional. You know, pretty light trailer. But like I said, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Anyway, so we must have been on the edge of a thing. So all I heard was, I'm laying in the bunk. And I heard like a freight train kind of a sound. And then the truck felt some kind of motion. I thought I was dreaming that I was a train hit the 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 room. I was sleep. I was in a room and a train hit it. That's what I was dreaming. It must have been the mattress flying at me that I was. I thought was the freight train because I thought it was that Union Pacific big boy. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I just did. So anyway, the I woke up in a reclining type position. You know, like if you're in a reclining chair with my knees up towards my chest and the bunk restraint on. Now, let me tell you, always wear the bunk restraint when you're in the sleeper. Things like this might happen. You'll never have enough time. If I wasn't wearing the bunk restraint, I probably would have got tore up. I probably would have got tossed around. Because I was wearing the bunk restraint, it pinned me against the back wall, and I didn't get all jostled around and thrown all over the place. Okay, so always wear the bunk restraint. I know some guys can't stand it, I highly recommend you wear the bunker straight while you're in the sleeper. Okay, because you don't have time to mess around if you're sleeping. You really want to be that vulnerable, go flying through the windshield? I don't think so. Always wear the bunker straight. That's my safety tip of the day. So anyway, I wake up like that, and I hear my co-driver yelling my name out. And I'm like, whoa, what's, you know, what's going on? I don't even know what's going on. I just woke up. I'd been asleep maybe, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes at the most. I was pretty tired. So they, uh, you know, the, I can't get this, I can't get the stupid bunker strain off because the, the, the tension on the thing was too tight, you know, on the buckles. I couldn't get the buckles undone. I couldn't reach them properly. So my co-driver, the truck's up in the air on the driver's side. He releases his seatbelt, falls to the floor. You know, I think he must have bit his cheek or something. He's got blood flowing down the side of his head. And, you know, the first thing he does before he takes care of himself is cut me out. Which says a lot for the man's character. The first thing he does is get me out of the truck. Now, I've known a lot of people and they wouldn't, not everybody would do that. So even though we got into this situation, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I, I have no qualms. Uh, considering what happened and, you know, his response to it, I literally have no issues with what happened other than the nightmares, <laughs> but they're not that big a deal. It's more of a trying to figure out what's going on thing. So I get cut out of the bunk. Okay. I get, I get cut out of the bunk and I go out through the front windshield. It's a one piece windshield. Walk right out it. I didn't even think about it. The windshield's completely gone. Sadly, with the windshield, went the GPS. Yes, the GPS disappeared in the wind. And the dash cam. Oh, I wanted the dash cam so bad. The dash cam would have proved exactly what would have happened. And then maybe we could have learned something from this. Like, uh, was it some weird weather pattern? Was it something we screwed up on? You know, maybe there's something we could have done differently. Probably wasn't, but you never know. It's that peace of mind of being able to analyze the footage would have been kind of nice. Unfortunately, we didn't have that luxury. 
dash cam disappeared out the window because obviously it was connected to the front windshield. So I went out, but as I was looking over to my right, all I saw was this fluid flying all over the place. I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was diesel or something. It's kind of hard when you first wake up to figure out what's going on. It was coolant. It was just coolant flying all over the place. So it wasn't a big deal, even because we had just filled up like an hour before. So I was a little concerned about that. So get out of the truck. I'm standing there. And yes, I am standing in my boxers. I am standing on my boxers on a state road in Kansas. Yes, that was, it was really windy. It wasn't cold, just a lot of wind. And of course, I'm not wearing shoes because nobody knew where my shoes were. They were in the truck somewhere and we couldn't get to it because it was just, just couldn't get to it. So I get the, I get everything, you know, I'm like, damn, you know, we got to get the dash cam, oh, but the windshield's gone. All right, maybe it fell off. Well, we can't go back in the truck because it's, it's not safe. It's just shit everywhere. I mean, literally just stuff everywhere. Now, I'll tell you the plus side to all this. I know I'm ranting because I'm trying to put this all together. But a lot of this, like I said, is speculation because I was sleeping. So the ambulance pulls up almost right away. First off, oh, um, the guy that was, I know I'm messing this up, but the guy who was across the street that witnessed the whole thing was a volunteer fire department, uh, volunteer, uh, volunteer fire department, fireman. I'll get that out right. Tom Hewer. I think that's how he pronounces his last name. Tom ran across the street, used his pocket knife, handed it to my co-driver. My co-driver used that knife to cut the bunker strain off. What did I learn from that? I'm probably going to get a knife or something and position it somewhere in a sleeper to where I can get to it. Because if I wasn't able to have that knife and Tom, Hewer, and my co-driver, Tom, if they didn't cut me out, I don't know if I would have been able to get out or not. You know, until, because I was kind of, you know, I couldn't get to the, to the, uh, to the buckles. So, you know, that might have been. So I think I got to get a, you know, pocket knife or something, or maybe two, mount them to the wall or something, or I got to figure something out. You know, there's, there's got to be something because everything was trash in that truck. So the mattress landed on top of me and it stayed on top of me because the bunker straight held the mattress in place. So all the stuff, the cabinetry and all the stuff that broke loose on the inside of the truck that would have hit me bounced off the bunk restraints and the mattress. So I didn't get hurt that way. So I got really lucky. I got a little bit of whiplash, uh, got some inflammation in my neck, my shoulder hurt, my back was messed up a little bit. Uh, didn't feel it so much then, but oh my God, the next day, the next day I could barely walk. Oh, it was so horrible. But it was like, remember when we were kids and you played football and then the next day you just feel like you just got beat up. That's what it felt like. So within... It, it felt a little, I don't know, it took like a week before it started getting better, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've been off since then, or a month. It's a long time for me. Uh, I wouldn't say that my injuries personally were very major. Uh, the doctor said it was more just, you know, uh, whiplash, tightening, that kind of thing. So it wasn't like I broke anything. Thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. I've been driving 26 years. I don't want to end my career like this. And the sleeper getting knocked out because I was sleeping, which is the most important part of a sleeper driver's work. So I get that all taken care of. I'm standing out on the highway. Uh, there's a woman, a bunch of women for some reason. Must have been like a church group or something. I don't know what the deal was. But the truck was surrounded by all these women when I got out there. And I'm standing in my boxers in a very conservative community. 
And uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just felt kind of weird. They're like, I had nothing to cover myself, so I just stood out there in my boxers. No shirt, no shoes, just my boxers. And then the ambulance came. They put me in the ambulance, and the ambulance crew was phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. First off, the, the volunteer firemen from Seneca, Kansas, if I'm saying that wrong, yeah, forgive me. Those guys were amazing. You know, and I don't have all their names. I just know Tom Hewer's name. Tom was fantastic. Tom contacted us, um, you know, told us that, because uh, we were concerned, the windshield disappeared. I'll get to that in a minute. He told me what, what happened with the windshield, and they found it, and I was really relieved by that. So, Tom Hewer, thank you so much. You know, these guys, they all get together once a month. They practice what they do, the volunteer fire department. All I can say is that thank you for going to all those practices. That's all I'm going to say. You guys were professional and you were fantastic. You would never know that these guys were, you know, just a bunch of guys doing this as volunteer fire department. They were fantastic. They were right on the ball. I couldn't have been more impressed. I mean, I was really impressed with their professionalism. All my loose stuff in the truck, they piled next to the truck. I mean, it was like, these guys were so amazing. It just, I mean, it if something like this was going to happen, this is the perfect place for it to happen. The ambulance crew, uh, they were fantastic. You know, they got us over to the you know, hospitals, like literally almost across the street. Uh, my big issue, uh, my blood pressure. My blood pressure was shooting through the roof. But they said it was, and I don't have high blood pressure, but they said that was a normal thing. They said that... Uh, you know, for, for considering what we just went through, that that would be normal. So they held me in the hospital until my blood pressure went down. And then I went and got it checked at the clinic, and everything seems to be just fine. Uh, biggest problem probably was sitting. I don't think I could have drove for very far at all. No, that wasn't going to happen because I was in a lot of pain. But it wasn't like, it's was more like just super tight both sides of the back luckily for me nothing in the center nothing in the spine and a whiplash on the neck wasn't really that big a deal i mean it hurt like hell but it wasn't and i you know within two weeks i could turn my head to the side which the first week that was not in the cards it did not turn my head very far at all so i didn't drive to the clinic because i couldn't see the mirrors because i couldn't you know it's just it was that kind of thing i just couldn't do it it wasn't like it it was, a, it was a little pain, but it was just, I just literally had not, I didn't have the motion, which was making me kind of nervous because as a driver, what do you do? You go back and forth. That's all you do is look at the mirrors. And I couldn't really properly look in the mirror. That was making me nervous, but now I'm fine that way. I go on vacation and then I start working next week. A week. So hopefully everything will work out. I got a wedding to go to. I'm supposed to shoot video for that. Uh, I recruited my nephew. I don't want to take a chance. Even though I'm clear to go back to work, I don't want to take a chance lifting the heavy equipment, you know, the cameras and all that stuff. So I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let my nephew do all that because I don't want to take a chance. I wanna I wanna get back into the grind. I wanna start delivering freight again. That's what I do. That's my thing. You know, it's it's not a you know, I don't know, it's it's just what I do. Sitting around is not so much. Why haven't I recording? Well, first off, I wasn't ready to talk about this. And two, I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be. And three, um, I couldn't sit in this chair for very long. You know, two, three, yeah, maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most. But the first couple of days, maybe five. 
And then if I sat too long, it just hurt like a son of a bitch to move. It was just terrible. Just freaking terrible. It was unbelievable. So I didn't. I would get up and walk around, did a lot of walking, did a lot of um, stretching as best I could. And I want to get back in the grind, you know. So that's what's going on there. So hold on a second. Let me get a like, sip of water. I'm kind of dry. All right. So we're in a small town. And let's get over to the windshield. I was so nervous about this because the winds were 40, 35, 40, I'm guessing. Then they shot up to 80 right after this incident happened. So what happened was, again, this is speculation. I don't honestly know this. The We, we were on the edge of a storm, the worst part of the storm, and a, a vortex or something came down and they just picked up the truck and threw it. Now, keep in mind, the windshield was sucked out of the truck before the truck hit the ground because, and this is the important part, they found the windshield underneath the trailer along with a bunch of our stuff, all smashed up. Trailer's on its side, okay? It's laying down on its side. Truck is on its side and then some. And a lot of our stuff got sucked out of the cab and thrown underneath the trailer and just totally smashed. In fact, the trailer buried itself. It must have slid, I don't know, five, ten feet, maybe more. And then when it did, it dug itself into the ground like six, eight inches on the edge, on the top edge. So it just, everything that went underneath there was just totally destroyed. Which is okay, because with these high winds, my biggest concern was this big piece of glass flying around out there in these high winds, you know. And I was like, oh my God, please tell me that this, you know, where's the windshield? Because the idea of that thing flying around and could possibly hurt somebody was just too much to handle. It wasn't something that I could really deal with at the time. But then the next day, Tom Hewer called me and told me that they found the windshield and they found it underneath the trailer. And I was really relieved by that because the idea of that thing flying around in this really small community of these people that were really kind to us, it was unbelievable. So anyway, ambulance takes me to the hospital. Okay, because I'm a little banged up. You know, they want to check me out. And they're like, you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, well, I can't go back to the truck. There's nothing left of it besides I'm just hearing my boxers. Luckily, they found some clothes and they weren't you know, covered with coolant or bleach or, you know, whatever. And then they found my shoes, and then I was able to go back later and find my work boots, which is, I just broke, I'm almost broken them in, so I didn't want to lose those. I should start wearing those. I couldn't put them on the first two weeks. In fact, I haven't put them on yet. I just couldn't put them on. It just wasn't possible. It couldn't bend over far enough to put them on. It hurt so bad. Now it'll probably hurt a little bit, but I could still, I can do it. It'll be fine. So anyway, go to the hospital, doctors waiting there, nurses are waiting there at the door. Take me in, boom, check me out, go through all the roles, get x-rays where I think I hit. And the other, the, the first question they said, where, in your, where are you wearing the bunker strain? Now, anybody that knows me knows I always wear the bunker strain because it's something I preach. Uh, in fact, everybody asked me that question except for one person. The only person who didn't answer that was my friend in um, 
Copy Man, he's one of the first interviews we talked about on here. Copy Man called me up and he says, oh my God, you're okay. Well, I know you were strapped in because you bitched at me for not wearing the bunker straight. Yeah, I did. I did. I bitched at him. So he goes, I know you did. I said, he was the only one who knew that I was wearing the bunker straight. And I thought that was kind of cool. But I've known Copy Man since I was 14 and we're like 55 now. So <laughs> I've known Copy Man for a long time. He's more of a brother than a friend. You know, that's how long I've known him. And we still, we still fight though, but you know, he's more of a brother. So anyway, cause he knows me, I can't pull any shit on him cause he knows me too well. So that happens. Okay go to the hospital but an hour or so later i'm not really sure of the timeline because my sense of timing on that day was a little off uh there's no uber or taxis or anything so they call the local sheriff brad nice guy he was the sheriff and brad takes us over to the hotel and i said do which is just across the street these, these places are all really close to each other so i got brad's information from my company in case they have any issues because you know, Brad, as far as the weather goes, he's non-biased. He's going to give, you know, more of a clear picture of what the weather was like to them. And he's vetted because he's a cop, you know. So, and you know, that's what you want. You know, don't try to BS your way through something when you got expert witnesses or experts right there that'll, that'll you know, they can testify for you or, you know, explain your situation. So, you know, you always get all the information you can. If you don't need it later, you just throw it away. But get everything you can. So, anyway, I'm ranting. But, anyway... So I get out, I said to Brad, I said, hey, can we swing by the truck? Because, you know, I need to get something out of there as possible. Because I ain't cleaned it up yet. Uh, no, I got to take you to the hotel. I said, well, you know, I got my work boots in there, man. And they're Red Wings. I haven't broken them in completely yet. I'm almost got them broke in. And I got to find them. I, don't, I think they're under the seat. They got shoved under the seat. That's where I found them. Brad's like, uh. Work boots. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. This is the kind of community that this is. You know, good work boots, insulated work boots, are priceless. You know, this, this just, you know, these are men who work out, in the, you know, outdoors. They understand what a good pair of work boots means. So I was like, yeah, let's go get them. So he drove me over there, which wasn't that far from the hotel, like a block, block and a half. But I sure as heck wasn't going to walk over there because it was so windy. Probably couldn't have at that point. The wind picked up quite a bit. Uh, later on, they said that it got up to 80, and then at one point it was at 120. And a hurricane was spotted, but or a tornado, sorry, a tornado was spotted. But I'm not sure exactly where the tornado was spotted in reference to where we were. I was kind of busy doing all this nonsense. So then Brad takes me over to the hotel, and I walk into the hotel. Now, I can't pronounce the name of this hotel. It's in Seneca, Kansas. These people are amazing. This is, well, as soon as I walked in, I said, hey, I'm, my crew driver's already there. Hey, I'm here, you know, uh, I need to get a room or whatever. They only had the one room, so they put us in the same room. No big deal, two beds. And a girl said, hey, um, here's the deal. There's no food around here. There's nothing. Everything's closed because of the winds and the tornado, and there wasn't much anyway. But this is at night, like 6, 7 o'clock at night or something. I have waffle mix. And I got yogurt for the for the continental breakfast in the morning. I unlock the fridge, help yourselves, you know, you know, whatever you guys need. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. So Amanda at the service desk at the often cell phone, I can't pronounce the name of the hotel. Those people were amazing. So if you're ever in Seneca, Kansas, on 36, across from that hospital, and you see a 
hotel with a name you can't pronounce. Stop there. It's awful something. Awful, awful, awful. Or, you know, I'm butchering it. I'm not even going to try. But that place was amazing. I left a good review, by the way. You know, they were so kind. and Because we were pretty beat up. Yeah, we were really beat up. So then they there's nothing there. So they, they contacted the company that I have. They contacted the Ford dealership. The Ford dealership let us borrow their courtesy driver. He drove us to Kansas City, which is like uh, an hour and a half, two hours away. We got a rental truck there, and from there we were able to go home to Chicago in a rental, rental pickup truck because our truck was totaled, totaled. And, you know, it, it was a rough day, you know, but here's the thing. We got out of it. We're alive. Uh, it's just a normal thing. Um, I'll absolutely have no problem sleeping while my co-driver Tom is driving. It wasn't his fault. He's a good driver. And I'm comforted by the fact that the first thing he did was go back for me. So I am definitely not upset by that at all. And when I was running with Rob, you know, uh, Weezer, Rob Weezer, when Rob got hit by that drunk driver, the first thing Rob did was go back for me as well. So the people that will go back for you and take care of you first if you're in the sleeper are the people that I tend to, you know, they're the ones that, that I, I like the best. Shit happens on the road. It's how people handle it that, that matters. So anyway, Rob did that, and Tom did that. And then that's it. We went home, and then uh, the company said, hey, look, you know, you guys are off. We know that you lost a lot of stuff. Let us give us a list of everything you, you lost. We'll reimburse you. And I was like, what? I was a little surprised by that. But it was cool because the GPS is like 400 bucks. Dash cam was like 100 and some dollars. You know, the cooler was like $107. You know, all these items added up. And so, you know, we needed to get, you know, we needed, you know, it was like $1,500 for the stuff. You know, all these little things I, I needed for over the road, you know, like cooler, uh, uh, you know, dash cam, all that stuff, it all added up. It was amazing. I didn't realize how much stuff I had in there. It was a lot, 1500 bucks, No problems. Like, they paid for it. It was awesome. So immediately I went out and you know, re re-looked and found all my stuff. And so next week when I go back in the truck, I'll be ready to go, I think. There's probably a lot of little things I didn't have on the list, like you know, like uh I don't know. nothing I can think of offhand, but I'm sure there's little things. So I'm probably out a couple hundred bucks. But considering that they did that, I don't know of any other company that would do that. That was amazing. So I'm pretty happy with that. So what else happens? That's it. Now I've been going off. I've been going to therapy three times a week. And just trying to get back to where I was. Which I think I am. I think I, or at least I will be by the time I ache a little bit. But I don't, I think it'll all work out. I think I'm clear. You know, I'm okay. You know, so that's where I'm at. So that's why I haven't been on here. I just haven't had it in me to do it. Um... I wanted to start a couple of times, and I just didn't know what to say, and which is unusual because that's all I do is know how to talk. So I don't know. Now, do I have regrets on this? Yeah, yeah. The fact that it never happened, but it wasn't anybody's fault. It just shit happens. So I'm not upset at all. Um, 
a co-driver. I think he handled it perfectly. He's a young guy. You know, you can't teach people to do stuff like that. They either have it in them to take care of, do the right thing, or they don't. So I thought he was phenomenal. Um, I don't know. I, I just can't think of it. Oh, the dash cam. My biggest regret over the whole thing, I mean, other than the fact that it happened, was the dash cam blew out the window. I really wish the dash cam had not blown out the window. If the dash cam had not blown out the window, then at least we could have learned maybe something from this, or at least, you know, we'd get a better understanding of what actually happened. Because, you know, being asleep when this all happened is kind of hard to, you know, form a, you know, I don't have a clear picture in my head of what actually happened. You know, so I have to go by what everybody else said happened. Like the like the Tom Hewer, the volunteer fire department who watched the whole thing. He said a pick truck just picked up and got thrown. Yeah, you know, he's looking at he's looking right out his window and watched it happen. My co driver, who you know what he said, uh, and then the I guess the ladies behind us. So if it wasn't for the people around us, I would have apps. I I don't know. I don't know what's what happened. But I have to be careful because what I think happened. And because I was dreaming when this all went down. And when I woke up, I'm not entirely sure what that is. So I'm not sure where the dreams ended and then reality began. You know what I mean? Because I'm not sure if I woke up before I hit my head on the wall. You know, which is funny because the first thing the doctor said was, you know, did you pass out? Did you, you know, did you black out? I'm like, well, I don't know. I was asleep. And they're like, well, yeah, you know, did you pass out? And I, I was asleep. I don't know. I literally don't know. I don't know. I was asleep. How would you how would you know if you, you know, were knocked out if you were asleep when you got knocked out? Doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm sure I don't know, maybe there's an answer to that. I don't know what it is. I'm certainly not a doctor. So that being said, that's all there is to it. Now, I'll be back in about a week or so. Maybe I'll post. I'm so behind on the news. There's so much going on right now, like Canada. Canada if you don't have your vaccination, you're not getting across the Canada border. You know, I approve of vaccination or you're not going. It's just the way it is. I don't know. And then we could talk about the also the kid going down the cliff, you know, the I-10 or 70. Go down that road all the time. Now, if you want to look at a good video about going down the I-70, uh, Salpaw, who you've heard in an earlier interview, he went across Loveland Pass, which is just above there, which is actually steeper. And he did a great video on how to go down the mountain and not overuse your brakes and how to stay safe. And he did this a couple of years ago, but I asked him if I can reuse the video and I put it on the YouTube channel. It's TWK trucking with Kingfish on YouTube, TWK trucking with Kingfish on YouTube. And the reason why I wanted it is because he explained exactly what he was doing. He explained exactly why he was doing it. It was a very clear video. It's a different area, but it's the same general region and it's actually steeper. And he's very clear in the way he describes what he's doing. And it was like, a, he's just, uh, for going across the Lillian Pass, you know, he's fantastic. But just going down a mountain, you can learn how to, you can really learn how to drive down a mountain just by watching what he does. Now, he's an excellent driver. I drove with him for years, and I really just, uh, he's just someone, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put him on here or on the YouTube channel if I didn't think his information was spot on. And it's literally perfect what he says. You know, the video's a little choppy because he was he had it on his phone on a mount and it wasn't real great that way, but just what he was saying and as he was doing it was perfect. So I'm hoping to get him to do seventy from the tunnel, Eisenhower Tunnel, all the way down. 
to the you know to the uh, Denver you know do a little narration and explained you know where the runaway truck ramps are where the you know that kind of stuff is so and I don't want to get into you know whether the kid got too much time or not enough time or anything like that what we're going to talk about is what he should have did and if he would have done these things then this never would have happened but the kid was from he's a kid he was young like 23 24 something like that he was from texas or he's from cuba but he was driving out of texas on an interstate license so he couldn't even leave texas and i don't believe anybody ever trained him on how to go up and down the mountains and quite honestly if you're going up and down those mountains you really need someone to explain to you how that works yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a little training. I know I did it when I first started driving, and it really helps out to, you know, to have somebody in the passenger seat who's been going up and down that mountain for 10, 20 years explain why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, you know, it really helps out. Because if you do it right, you can go from the Eisenhower Tunnel all the way to Denver and never hit your brakes once. If you do it right. He didn't do it right. So it shouldn't have been going 85. Should never have been going that fast. That was wrong, you know. Because once the truck gets up to a certain speed, you'll never, you'll never get it out of that gear. You can't downshift. It's stuck. It's you're not. You're, that's it. You're stuck in that gear. But I don't want to get too specific about it because I don't know what kind of. I don't know what the layout of his. You know, I don't know if it was a manual or if it was an automatic. I don't know, you know, how strong his Jake was or anything like that. So I don't want to get too specific, but. You know, we're going to talk about that. Like I said, we're not going to talk about the penalty for all of it because that's not for us to decide, and there's better places for it. You know, four people lost their lives. A lot of people were hurt. All we want to do is educate people and stop it from ever happening again. So if you go to TWK Trucking with Kingfish, look for that Southpaw uh, video. It's recently, I just put it up, and you'll see it. All right, and I just put up a cab over video as well. So, anyway, I may post again tomorrow, catch up with the news, that kind of thing, but I didn't even think I would talk this long. So, anyway, that's what's been going on. That's why I haven't been on here, because I just, I don't know, I just didn't have it in me to do it. I didn't know what to say, and this was playing on my head. You know, it was playing in my head over and over and over again. I imagine I'm going to have dreams about this for quite a while, but, you know, it's just the way it is. It's trucking, right? What are you going to do? All right, I'll let you guys go. Peace out. Stay out of trouble. And uh, don't let the wind blow you over. Remember, just got to get through the rest of January, February, and March. And hopefully April will be nice. Hell, hopefully, hopefully March will be nice. But you know how that goes. You never know. All right, peace out. Talk to you all later.